You're listening to the Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number 15. Today I'm sitting down with Crystal Derry, the supple body behind mobility movement, the online mobility classes. She's not just flexible and not just a pretty face. The girl has a list longer than Matt Fraser's winning streak at the CrossFit Games of all of her qualifications to back those mobile joints. Find out what it takes to be a boss babe with a handle on multiple businesses. If you enjoy this episode, all I ask is that you screenshot it and share it on your social media story or feed to show your love. If you have a second to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, the show can continue to grow and expand its listeners. Taking the time to share it with your followers and subscribers will totally help keep it thriving, so I can continue to bring you quality episodes like the one you listen to today. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to episode number 15. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a fitness and nutrition coach helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. I met Crystal through the very tight CrossFit community that we have here in Saskatchewan. It seems like it attracts so many dreamers and doers to it so that it was inevitable that Crystal and I would end up cheering for each other's successes along the way. I always knew Crystal to be the mobility expert with her yoga, kinesiology, and fascial stretch therapy designations, but she's also a photographer and therapeutic counselor. Talk about the full meal deal when it comes to the body, mind, and spirit. Thanks for joining me today, Crystal. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I have a list of all of your certifications and qualifications, but I want you to tell me all of the businesses that you're currently running and being a part of. Uh, um, okay, well, the main the main one would be Mobility Movement. That's my online business. Uh, started that actually in 2015. Oh, wow. If not earlier. Yeah, I, I had the idea really early on, and then I couldn't figure out how to actually make it come into fruition. Um, and then I do personal training, um, strength and condition coaching, and I coach Olympic weightlifting. And then I also work um, in a private practice as a therapeutic counselor, and I'm actually taking over that practice in the next two years. Wow. Yeah. And then Chris and I do uh, photography, and we do event photography. And, and then I also, on the side side, do commission artwork as well. Oh, yeah. Yes, I forgot to mention, you're also an artist. Got all the things. You do have all the things. And how do you make them all fit, though, I guess is the best question. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they do. Um, but I, they're all the activities that I enjoy doing, and somehow I've had the uh, the opportunity to make them into actual work. So I think sometimes I'm very blessed that I've been able to give myself these jobs instead of fitting into a job. For sure. And as I was just actually talking about that with the podcast, technically this is work, but yeah. this is my fun work. This is the things that I do that, I don't know, doesn't seem like work. Yeah, exactly. What, what would be your, of all those businesses, what is the one that seems like the least amount like work? Um, I, that's really challenging because I love mo like mobility movement. 
I love creating sequences. I love filming them and I love helping people. Like I love that aspect of it. I love being able to connect to people and give them the accessibility to that knowledge. But then I also, I love painting um, and photography. Like when we were at the Can West Games, we were photographing. I was like, I love photographing. So I think what I love is when I can be in the moment with whatever business it is. And if I if I can do that, I find the things that I struggle with in business would be like the administrative stuff or the, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The like nitty gritty <laughs> stuff. That's like such an important part of business, but it's not like the maybe action or doing or in the moment stuff. Yeah. Because it's the same if you're working with probably, um, do you call them a patient? If you're doing counseling? Clients. Yeah. Client. Yeah. yeah. In the moment, that doesn't seem like work, right? No. Sitting down and, you know, and if they have a breakthrough or if you help them with something that, you know, they've been struggling with, it feels amazing. Mm -hmm. But then it's probably charting or something like that that isn't as fun afterwards. Yeah. Um, the counseling stuff. That's a really interesting one. Like, what is the not fun stuff? Um, to be perfectly honest, the, the not fun stuff would be trying really hard to make sure that I'm managing my emotional body. Mm. I'm relatively empathetic. And so I actually can take on a lot of the emotion that's there. And so I just have to make sure that I'm checking in after each session to make sure, am I carrying any of that with me as I leave? Because um, I want to make sure that I'm clean for each one of my clients when they're coming in and making sure that I can be there with them and not holding any of this extra stuff with me because I do end up turning into a container as a as a counselor you kind of hold space for people mm -hmm. you hold that emotional safety for them but sometimes that does mean that you might take on a little bit of it unintentionally yeah you would not make a very good maybe paramedic or firefighter or something like that no. is what you're saying no. <laughs> you would take on yeah, a lot of I that would just feel I would feel it way too much yeah uh, I always said, like, if I could handle that kind of stuff, I think I would make a really good... I, I'm very good at separating and putting myself in, like, a different box. I don't want to say compartmentalizing because I feel like people are like, oh, you're going to compartmentalize that? That's going to come back and kick you in the ass later. <laughs> I don't think I do that, yeah. but I separate myself well. That's good. No, yeah. I, what I I call that containing. So if you can if you can contain it and if you can come back to it if needed then that's a healthy relationship with containing that emotion. I like that better than compartmentalize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so last episode, I did a solo episode last time, and I asked the audience for questions. And Crystal actually sent me some of those questions. So I'm going to flip it on her, and I'm going to ask her those questions today. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ones that you asked me were... Um, the highlights and challenges of being an entrepreneur in the health and fitness industry. Mm. Yeah, I remember writing that because I was like, <laughs> I'm super curious what she has to say. <laughs> um, the highlights. Um, I would say social media can be such an amazing thing for getting to meet people, networking, reaching a new audience, and being able to connect with people in a way that we never could before. It's such an amazing opportunity. The people that I've had the opportunity of meeting, working with, helping, and then actually being able to see 
too, because they'll post and they'll say such beautiful, nice things that I probably like previously wouldn't have been able to see that. So I do think that's such a highlight because I, I think social media has been kind of demonized quite a bit about how negative the impacts can be. And I'm like, I see so many positives, though. Do you feel like you know these people personally now? I feel, yeah. The, so like some of my athletes through movement, like I just, I love them so much and I want to help them and I want to support them. And uh, I went to CanWest games and I got to meet a lot of them in person. One of them had this amazing little gift for me because I just gotten married. And I just like, it just was like such a beautiful connection because it was the first time we were meeting in person. And it was like, we've known each other for two years and like we know each other. Yes. Which is so weird. I I get that a lot. Um, but actually people will approach me and just call me the sweat effect. They're oh. just like, you're the sweat effect. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes. I am. <laughs> but I could be like in Costco or the mall or something like that and like be approached by someone and be like, I know you from... And, I recognize like their name and things like that. So like I feel like I do know them mm-hmm. and I do have that connection with them. Yeah. And I agree that social media is such a great avenue for all of that and being able to connect with people that you never would before. But, you know, there's that fine line between it over consuming your life yes. and being able to still connect with people yes. as well. Like, yeah. do you find you've got a pretty good balance with that then? So that was what I was going to say, like, ooh, one of the <laughs> not so great things is that constant comparison. Yes. You, it is it's really hard to not be able to just go to Instagram and see a way larger account and assume that they are just killing it and be like, oh, I am like, I'm garbage in comparison to them. Like, I'm never going to get that far, get that reach. And it it's really easy to just like... If you're having a bad day, if you go to Instagram and you look at that big account and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to make it in life. Yep. It can it can spiral really quickly. So you really got to be on top of how you view that. So every once in a while, if I am having a bad day, what I do is I go to those larger accounts and I scroll to the very, very bottom and I just remind myself I'm where they were when they started. And then I look at their post and I'm like, yeah, see, their posts are garbage, just like what I'm feeling like today. So it, it's kind of nice and it's kind of, it is, it can be a really detrimental thing at the same time. But I also feel like that's how social media is tricky because you might look at my account. Um, I don't even have 3,000 followers, but like my business is thriving. And, you know, so you could look at somebody's account that has 30,000 followers and you don't even know how they got those followers, yeah. right? It could have been at a time where they were paid for or something like that. It wasn't a natural reach. They're not their actual audience. Like, I have such good engagement with the people that follow me, and I'm genuinely interested in what they're doing as well. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that someone who has, you know, twice as many followers that I do is doing that much better. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I... That is what's tricky. And social media is a highlight reel, right? It, Nobody's posting 100%. their shitty things on there. No, no. So it's when you compare things like that, I do think that people need to take that um, into consideration. I also have started recently, like, I feel 
like I don't scroll as often. Mm -hmm. I still make sure that I go through because I want to show everybody as much love as they show me, Mm -hmm. but I don't scroll as frequently as I used to. And I think that's a good balance and a good disconnect that you need every once in a while too. hundred percent. Yeah. But I don't know, like, will you go on every day and like try to see everybody's things? I try to go on at least once or twice a day to make sure that there's, um, that I'm answering DMs. Yes. Um, that I'm being responsive there. I try to post once a day and I do try to engage with my audience. Like, so if people leave comments, I do try to interact with those comments or I will try to leave comments. But I would say the way that I'm interacting with social media now is very different than even like six months or a year ago. Like, I think I was way more obsessed with the gram living for it right like you were like it is the one pinnacle part of my business i need to make sure that i am on top of this checking it however many i agree yeah so i think i've my i've definitely shifted mentally my relationship to instagram and most social medias and i'm seeing it more of like this can assist me but it's not the be all end all yeah um I only, and I never want people to think that I'm like ignoring them or anything, but I probably only scroll through my feed once every few days. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like, first of all, I will tell you things that I love to see. I love to see fitness related things, obviously. I love to see people living their best lives. So whatever that might mean to them, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or whether they're like on vacation, because There used to be a thing like back in the day, like on Facebook, where people would post about like going on holiday or Mm -hmm. something like that. And there would be a lot of jealousy from other people. I love to see people doing things like that. Um, Also, you will get a lot of love from me if you post a photo of like your dog or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) So, you know, or just like generally, like, I love it too when people are posting like photos of their kids playing sports and like being active and just like generally, you know, healthy lifestyle type Mm -hmm. of things i don't know i don't know if there's like a thing out there that catches your eye when you're uh, memes <laughs> like i die hard for memes or like those like sarcastic quotes that like my heart is like i get you <laughs> yes that like or animal anything like okay. cats yeah. dogs any kind of animal like little baby animals like i just will like die for those um <laughs> And I like to think that people, if they follow me too, that they realize like I have a little bit of like a shadier sense of humor (laughs) as well. Like I can be super honest and yeah, but you're right. Like if you can get down with something that's a little off collar, then that's (laughs) definitely something that I'm into. Um, Okay. So how has your life changed since you started pretty much solely working for yourself now? Mm. Because it wasn't even that long ago that you were working for someone else, right? Yeah, yeah I was well, working with and for, yeah. Because I did have a partner when I first started Movement, mm-hmm. um, and they left for personal reasons. And I was actually just speaking to someone about this yesterday or the day before. And I said, when I took the business on myself fully, it really, like the, the fear really settled in really hard and fast. And I was like, oh shit, I need to like do something with this. Like immediately, I need to start moving towards something because starting a business with a partner, it feels safe. It does. It feels safe and it feels secure because you got someone to lean on. You got someone to do this with you. You're kind of in the trenches with someone. 
when you're not, and then it's all your responsibility. It's like, okay, am I going to fly or am I going to die here? Like, what's going to happen? And so when I started taking it on myself, I had way more responsibility, way more accountability for what was happening in the business. But I also had the allowance and the freedom to do whatever I wanted, which was really great. And I actually feel like that was a way better direction for me to be able to have that freedom and let my creativity just go. Um, working for myself is really great. I think I've always been that kind of person to be in that world. Um, but it also is, it has its own challenges of like that self-management. It's, it's hard to manage yourself. It's hard to have that discipline. I've been disciplined being an athlete. I've been disciplined with my nutrition. I've been disciplined with businesses before, but not to the same degree. So really getting in that management of, okay, I don't have clients to meet because I used to manage myself by my clients. And now I have all this free time and space and I have to manage myself for Quote website. unquote free time and yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it, well, it can though. Like it, you're like, okay, I've got four hours this morning that I've allocated for website management, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of just like float on YouTube. Yes. And then all of a sudden, those four hours that you were supposed to be managing your website have just disappeared, and you're like, why? Where did that go? Rabbit holes can appear out of anywhere. Yeah. I've found it yeah. could literally be anything. Yeah. Yeah, you just, it's, oh, my time has somehow disappeared. Or you get consumed by, um, like, I've kind of got this, like, grid that I try to work on. But if emergent things, emergency things come up, those can also consume things, too. So there's been a couple things that'll just, like, eat up my time when I've tried to allocate it for other things. So if something's happening with the website or if there's some kind of payment, something that's going on, I'll try to make sure that I'm managing that as best as possible. But... Yeah. Okay. Here's your. Here is one of my downfalls. Uh, does this me. happen to you? So you'll be like working on something, and then an email pops up, and then you're like, "Oh, well, now I'm off dealing with this, but I haven't finished this other thing." And do you do that? Oh, it goes further than that. It's like, oh, working on this, I'm doing so good. Oh, email pops up, better check that. Oh, this other thing. Oh, I need to check on this other thing because of that email that I just read. Oh, look. Oh, an ad for YouTube. Oh, and then it's just like squirrel, 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 squirrel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is actually that I would say is my biggest downfall. It's almost like I should turn off my email. Mm -hmm. And actually, I've gone as far as like turning off my, all my notifications for messages on social media, too, because that was a big squirrel for me as well. Yes. I'd be like, oh, a notification. I have to Better click on it. That. So those are all turned off. And um, yeah, I don't. So now I have to periodically just go on and check any messages on mm -hmm. Facebook or any messages on Instagram because it was getting out of control. Yeah. So I don't have any notifications on my phone. No, no sounds, nothing. Like no pop-ups, anything. A because like I I find that with texts. my phone nothing. Oh. No. Absolutely nothing. Savage. Yeah. No, I don't I love it. I don't see it and so some people will be like, "Why aren't you answering me?" It's like I literally haven't checked my phone, so mm -hmm. I won't see it. Uh, the only one I get is um, texts and uh, I have two different text apps. So one is my like business number and mm -hmm. one is my other number. And I don't have the one on my business number turned on. Yeah. So only my personal one. Yeah. And that is the only notifications that I receive. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was a problem. And then I wasn't getting anything done. And, yeah. yeah. And I think that's because 
we're newer at this, like, you know, <laughs> we can say we're rookies yeah. in this, you know, living our life. Very you know? much so. Yeah. I mean, I've read a lot of different books on like business development. They talk a lot about systematization. And I mean, the I think it's Tim Ferriss with the four hour work mm-hmm. week or whatever. My favorite book. Um, I think he talks about only answering your email one day a week, like Tuesdays from eight until nine. And then the rest of the week, you don't answer your emails. And I, I have tried that. <laughs> and I'm like, how the fuck does he do this? Yes. It, that is really challenging. Yes. He, I, no, I couldn't do that. I've also, maybe it was Jenna Kutcher. Somebody was talking about, you know, um, there are certain days of the week, like she would block off. So one day would be, you know, getting all of her posts together on social media. And I was like, yeah, but I can't do that. Because what if there's something that happens that, you know, mm-hmm. I need to share with the world or whatever and then she's like well you just work that in at that point and I was like yeah seems like so much hassle yeah (laughs) yeah I I, I used to do that I used to plan out my entire grid for a month yeah um but yeah too many different things would come up and I'm like well I want to reshare that and not what I had planned to post today or it just didn't make sense with like what the atmosphere on social media was at that point so I totally yeah I feel that um I yeah, four-hour work week is fantastic, but when I, you know, said that you were savage because you didn't have any notifications on, like, he is actual savage. Oh, 100%. Like, actually had Josh from Supplement World on um, a few episodes ago, and he is like, I'll respond to you within two business days, including text messages. Yes. <laughs> I mean, isn't that incredible? I was like, that is... That's is. impressive. I know. I was so impressed by it. I was like, Can I respond to my family that way? I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> people would think that I died. Yes. They would. They would actually think that I'm dead if that <laughs> happened. So that was <laughs> like, good for you. I aspire to someday have that. He's like, yeah, two business days for anything. Wow. I know. That's it was impressive. It, it was very impressive. Um, okay, here's the one. Because I love this one, and I'm very curious to hear what your answer is. If you could go back in time one year, what advice would you give to yourself? Okay, so I, I listened to your podcast. Was it, was it last week? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I listened to your response about this, and I can't remember if it was specifically to this question, but it did have some kind of relationship to people, friends, mm-hmm. relationships. It was this question, yes. Okay, yeah. And I think... As I listened to that, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, preach. <laughs> so that's probably what I would tell myself, too, is like, um, and me, like in a really gentle way of just like, you and your business, this is your jam. No one's going to do it for you, and your relationships are going to shift and change, and it's going to be okay, but... Um, you might experience some hurt along the road. Mm -hmm. And just in a really gentle way, just kind of giving myself the advice of like, it's okay if as you're moving through this entrepreneurship, you you hurt and you have pain because you experience things that you didn't expect through your relationships. Um, Because yeah, as you were saying, some of the stuff is like, you don't realize who's really there for you or Mm -hmm. who's situationally there for you who's there because, you know, it, it is a really, it's a, it's a strange shift. It is a really strange shift. And I think this will be hard for, and I don't even want to say people who have businesses to understand, but if, 
if you're a leader or a follower, um, if you're that person who will take the reins, if you're the person who will take the reins, you will go through some hurt and some hardship along the way. If you're that person who is like, it's okay, like, I'm okay to just do what everybody else is doing, you probably won't experience this or understand what we're, you know, even kind of talking about. You're probably like, oh, well, that would never happen to me. Like, I would never, you know, there wouldn't be any relationships that I would need to cut out of my life to reach the bigger goal. Yeah. So, and I know at times, because I've talked about it a couple times in the podcast, but it wasn't that I was so, you know, like mean or hurtful or anything to people. It's just that everybody's lives change and yours do too. Mm -hmm. So you have to do what's best for you. And that isn't like stomping on people because it's best for you. Mm -hmm. It is just living your best life the way it was meant to be led Mm -hmm. and holding things back because you're scared of, you know, how somebody else might feel or view you or judge you. That was what my problem was. Mm -hmm. I was definitely holding back on things. And then when I finally let go and realized, okay, maybe it doesn't matter what those people think, then that's when I saw my best progress Mm -hmm. with everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that's kind of what you've experienced this past year too. Yeah, I would say so. I would, um, and I think even to that, there was this huge barrier that I thought was there because of other people. And then realizing that was my own wall that I had constructed around myself for my own safety. And it was like, hey, can I get past that wall and shine brighter and be a better version of myself? Because that was actually the scarier part is like, okay, if I shine really, really, really bright here and I fail, that's going to feel even worse than like, Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't really try that hard and I failed. Oh, no. (laughs) That's like with CrossFit. Yeah. People are like, if I try really hard and I don't do well, that's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. And it's the exact same yeah. situation. Well, I didn't try, so it didn't. Doesn't it, does, it doesn't matter. It yeah. wasn't a big deal because I wasn't even trying. Exactly. But I agree that things get built up in our heads too, and sometimes we are correct in our perception of how <laughs> things are going to play out. Yeah. And other times it was like, oh, well, I thought you know this person was going to be upset with me or whatever, and then that turned out not to be the case in the end. Anyways, it turns out nobody gave a shit about what I was doing. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and and even like there I, there was a lot of time where I was like, people are going to just absolutely love this and respond to it so positively and thinking that they're going to see you and then they don't. And you're like, oh, are they even paying attention to me when I fail? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it really like when when you do something really, really great and, and still no one's paying attention, you're like, oh, okay, well, I can probably fail a ton and no one's probably paying attention either. And what is failure? Like, is it that you shut your business down? Like, it did poorly and that it... Or is it... Because it's like, nobody's seeing my financials. Nobody knows if I had a good month or Mm -hmm. a bad month or, you know, I'm asking Curtis for money to make my car payment. People don't see that. I'm not sharing that information. So what is considered failure in that aspect? Like, if you had to cancel everyone's memberships and put take your website down, Mm -hmm. is that what failure would be? I don't even know if it would be because I think there's so much learning within that. Like, and I guess that's maybe the important part of like going through 
business is like you do encounter a lot of failure, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, like quote unquote failure um, or hardships or barriers. And if you get through them and you learn something on the other end, it's like, yeah, hey, I just gained so much knowledge. Yes. And I think we learn a lot of like what could be considered failure on. OK, so somebody comes to you and they're not happy with the service they received mm-hmm. or whatever. It's either you can't please everyone nope. or they're, oh, okay, I can see where they're coming from and I need to make a change from it. Mm-hmm. But I even take that, like when I go into other businesses and see what their customer service is like, and if they don't care to, you know, change something that I'm upset about, I'm like, I would never do that. <laughs> and so I think that's, you know, a really good learning yeah. for me too, like seeing how other people do things. But yeah, I agree. What is considered failure? Because you're not going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't think you can consider that failure No. if somebody complains about something. Yeah. People give so much feedback. Oh. They provide a <laughs> lot of feedback. Oh, they will provide feedback on whether or not they like the color of my hair. Yeah. But you know what? I put myself in this position that I'm out in the world. So I've learned not to take it to heart anymore. <laughs> no. I was actually having this conversation with my mom the other day and we were talking about um I don't think her hairdresser probably listens to this podcast Mm. but like she's been with her hairdresser for years Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I feel like you have to mix it up like she's probably been seeing her hairdresser for 15 years and she Mm -hmm. was like but like I feel like that would hurt her feelings and I was like you know what if there's anything that I've learned in this business yes the first time someone cancels their membership you're like oh but then you're like it's actually fine yeah and you get used to it and you're like I'm like okay people not everybody is for everyone not everything is for everyone and situations change so I couldn't take it to heart but I first did and I don't know if you went through that if somebody like oh yeah I actually um through the first system of the first website (laughs) the first whatever you want to call it um I just turned off those notifications because I I like I and I I would go back through and I would read if people did provide feedback, but getting the email saying so-and-so canceled, so-and-so yes. canceled. So it was, it really was, it was devastating at first. Yes. Because I just... You felt that was a failure. Yeah. And I, I felt so connected to it and I had put a lot of hard work into it. And a lot of, a lot of times it was very just like frivolous stuff that people canceled for. But I didn't like navigating through your website. And you're like, okay, but like, but I can't change my whole website just because one person didn't like to navigate through it. But But, I mean, the first time I got that, I was like, oh no, like uh, my heart is breaking and what am I going (laughs) to do? And I, and then I was just like, Hey, this, this cannot be how I function because this is not going to be healthy for me. Yeah. And so every once in a while, what I would do is I would take all the feedback. I would comb through it and see what are the common themes here and how can I adjust my business to better serve my audience? I forget who it was who posted about this. Uh, it could have been Jenna Kutcher, too. I, it, she's big in the mm-hmm. podcast business everything world, even though, you know, unrelated businesses. But she has her staff and they go through her emails and they'll pull out um, the nasty ones because she like she's big enough that she receives nasty emails. I don't think I ever want to get to that point, you know, where... You know, because that's hurtful. Yeah, and, but I sucks. feel like <laughs> yeah, it sucks. if I can, you know, have somebody tell me that my hair is bad, maybe I can get through that too, you know. But she also has a folder full of the good ones. Mm-hmm. And when she needs a day to, you know, 
a pick me up, she'll go through that folder and read the nicest. Because like, how many nice messages do we get? But they're they're overshadowed by one nasty one. Yeah. Like there's and there's so many people that will cancel and say like, my budget has changed, but I really want to come back. Mm -hmm. And when I get messages like that, I'm like, okay, awesome, that's great. Then. I am supporting you through this, and you know that we're, we'll be here when you come back. Yes. Um, but there are, like, people, I don't know what it is about that keyboard and that barrier mm-hmm. between the screen and them, but, like, there's a real human being reading your message. And I, it is curious to me how mean people can actually be on the other end. Yes, and that they would never say to your face yeah. in person. That's the thing I'll always say with me, like what you get online is what you get in person. Like I am, you know, what I say is what I say. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, posting things that I don't mean. And I would never say something to someone that I wouldn't say to their face. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when that changed with society that we've decided to become this alter ego (laughs) on Instagram or whatever it yeah, is. I don't know. Um, I think there is this like people, I think people want to receive a good service. And so a lot of people are like, I'm paying for the service. And they're, they're very like demandy about it, which, yeah, you should. You're, you are paying for a service. You should get a good service. But to some level, there, there doesn't need to be that like that nastiness that can come along with it sometimes. But I also can see in these individuals that they really, truly they value their money when like when I see that it's like hey you value your money and if I can provide more value to you you will value this more there's also like when I have things like that happen this is I also think this what happened to you in your day that you have decided to come on here and yeah just take it all out on me you know like it's something and do not get me wrong like that does not happen very often. And generally, like, when people are being honest about, like, you know, if they like or don't like something, I've asked, do you like this or not? Yes. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a new sleeve tattoo. I don't care if you hate them or not, but tell me, do you like them or not? And (laughs) people will be honest, and I love it. Mm -hmm. But I'm also putting that question out there, so I can't be upset about it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm like, I'm going to dye my hair blonde. Do we think this is going to be a good idea? And people will be like, I don't think you should do it. But like, we laugh about it and everything. So I feel like we've opened up that Mm -hmm. rapport that they can be honest with me, but not know that I don't take it to be offensive and they're not being nasty about Mm -hmm. it either. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, my following is small and your following is quite large. And so sometimes you'll probably get those people who aren't as connected with you personally and then they can fire off a mean message and aren't they don't know the person sitting Mm -hmm. like I know you personally (laughs) and like if I was like oh someone would be mean to Crystal that would be crazy you know I just they don't know the person sitting on the other side no and what they and they're they're looking at an Instagram account like you said that's a highlight reel right and and sometimes when we look at highlight reels we do get triggered and sometimes when we're triggered, we fire off the first thing because it's an emotional response. I don't know how many people have DM'd me or sent me an email saying that I don't deserve to be in the fitness community because I'm so fat oh my or God. I'm ugly or like it. And it, it has it is like sometimes I sometimes I'm like, what? 
come on. No, this isn't real life. I. It's funny you say that because when I had uh, Kelly Youngstrom on there, she said the same thing. But again, with that larger following, she was like, people will message me and be like, you're fat or whatever. And which is so completely untrue that I don't even know where people get off taking a judgment or a stance. Are they projecting things in their life? I don't even understand it. Um, I've I've looked at some of these people's accounts. Like I'll I'll be like, oh, I'm curious, who are you? Before I just like make a snap judgment of like that was really rude. I'll like look at their account. Most of these people either don't have an account or they're like uh, like a ghost account. Like they don't have any oh. pictures. They don't have nothing. And they, part of me is like, I think they're just out there looking for someone to direct their anger towards yeah Lots and they want to bite they want someone to bite they so do. they can have that you know and they love the like back and forth too yeah um i engaged initially when i was newer to the social media when i didn't really understand the instagram yeah. i was like oh let's have a conversation with these people and it's just a black hole yes just don't engage yeah i had one once and then I just took to my Instagram stories to, to like discuss it with everyone. I had a troll and I was like, this is the weirdest thing. They were like, your body's weird. <laughs> and why do your, why does your rib cage stick out like that? I'm like, those are my abs. And then I, and they were like, you wear your shorts too low. I'm like, that's because I have a big butt and it kind of eats up all the fabric. <laughs> like, I was like. I don't know why I'm like thinking so far into it. And again, it was a ghost account. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And then that was all that came out of it. And I was like, God, why did I go down that hole? It never ends up with anything good. No, nothing positive. No. Although sometimes it is fun to troll the trolls. Yeah. Um, I do think I have this capacity to understand like the emotional intelligence aspect of it. And so it can be really fun to like twist that around on them. Mm -hmm. Um, there was one person that was really adamant, like really persistent about messaging me. It didn't matter if I like deleted the message, blocked the person, they would find another way to access me. Oh and so then I just was like, you seem really triggered. Like, what's up? And they did not like I'm not triggered what are you talking about and then I'm like well you seem really upset like you got really like the, you're firing off your messages really fast and like just like basically observing what they're doing and just reflecting back to them what you're noticing oh man it just like they just blew up they started calling me every name they were so mad and I was like I'm so sorry you're experiencing this this must be really hard for you oh, and it's so funny because as I said if you guys know Crystal in real life like <laughs> That is, like, you're not a person that anyone would ever target in real life because they'd be like, I don't know, you put off this, like, gentle aura of yourself, you know? I don't know. Um, it's, I feel like in those situations that, like, I know what you said triggering, but they spend, you said they have multiple accounts mm -hmm. sending you messages and whatever. Can you imagine if they took all of that energy and used it for something good? You know, what what things could they accomplish if they use that? Yeah, the crazy thing is, is they probably think they are doing good. Oh. Like from their perspective, like mm -hmm. and it, because it's so subjective, subjective reality can be so messed up. They actually probably think they're doing the world a service by feeding people that feedback. You know, I'm also a person who goes on when I see it, like a larger account or whatever and read the comments. Or if someone posts like, you know, um, 
like a meme account posts like a video of like a kid I saw one the other day like walking and stumbling around in some high heel shoes and like people went crazy on that account and they were like that child shouldn't be I was like it's like in his mom's shoes like it was funny because it was something like you know when you've had too many drinks at the club or something and this kid was like it was funny Uh and people were going crazy on this post and so I just scroll through the comments and I'm like oh my god who has this amount of energy to like be on Facebook and is this day one of the internet for you yes (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I can't even get over it so yeah that's a major challenge you know it's one thing to you want to have an impact in people's Mm -hmm. lives and be that you know positive light that that it's what causes their ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. That one change. And then you're like, and then it's like, I'm battling off 10 to the one person that I did change. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know we've kind of talked a little bit about um, some of this stuff already, but we're going to reflect on changes you've seen in yourself as a person. So if there's anything that I've learned with being a dreamer and a doer, it's that things are constantly changing because we're always seeking to be the best version of ourselves as well as our business. With that comes the ups and downs and sometimes changes that are hard to make, but we know are necessary. What is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the last couple of years that is the biggest change you've seen? Hmm. So this is personal. Personal. Uh, The biggest thing that I've learned about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to sound really silly. <laughs> I don't, considering... Uh, I don't know. I talk about a lot of silly yeah, things no. in my day. So, <laughs> <laughs> But considering the plethora of education that I have, but the, the thing that I've had to really settle into is like that I am knowledgeable and intelligent mm-hmm. and that I can... Worthy of doing what you're doing. Yeah. And then I can share that with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know very early on, like a, I don't know if you experience this or if other people do, but I definitely know that I did when, when I was first putting myself out there, it was like, who am I to be sharing this information? Mm -hmm. Very much so imposter syndrome. I don't have enough knowledge. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. Lots of I'm not enoughs. And, but it really came down to my level of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll actually relate that back to like, even earlier in my like childhood, I, um, through my traditional education, I had an undiagnosed learning disability so I struggled so 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 much with school just period I actually got kicked out of university um like required to discontinue because I was failing out of university um I was tutoring people in the classes that I was taking but I could not pass the exams just because of the way they were structured and it was it was really devastating for me it was very fracturing to me being able to believe that I was intelligent and it, it wasn't that I'm not intelligent. I just learn differently and I exhibit my intelligence different than other people do. Mm-hmm. And so even in starting my business, I remember saying to myself, I can't fit into a professional career because I actually, there were certain requirements that I couldn't get because of the way they were testing. Couldn't modify the test because it's a standardized test. Like it was a very frustrating roadblock for me of like, why can't I ever demonstrate my knowledge so that I can get a professional career so that I can fit into a box so that I can, that I can achieve something. Um, and so then one day I just decided, I was like, I'm 
going to make my own box and I'm going to make my own job and I'm going to fit in there perfectly. Some people weren't meant to fit in a box. No, <laughs> no. And I wasn't. And I tried really hard. I tried to force myself into that box real hard and fast because I was like, this is how I can prove to people that I'm intelligent. And I was like, actually, no. So like, that would be the biggest shift I would say is like I've been able to settle into that more. Like I took a lot of um, like different courses and things like that. Um you know, during my time as well. And one of the things that they would say is there are a lot of people out there less qualified than you that are a lot more confident about what they are um, helping people with. And I was like, oh my God, they're right. I'm like, I am smart and I am qualified to be helping people. And then there are people who have such high, like, not expectations, but they, their confidence is so high. Their knowledge base is so low. The Dunning-Kruger effect? Yes. And I was like, why can't I be that? Like, I actually have the... Because you don't have the, the Dunning-Kruger <laughs> yeah. I know, but I was like, why can't I change that? Yes. And it takes time. I mean, it's doable. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, uh, you know, mold that confidence and build yourself up and realize your potential. But it took a while. Mm-hmm. And... I, I feel like that's who you're surrounding yourself with too. Um, you and I know that you've probably heard about this, that you're the some of the five people that are closest to you. Mm-hmm. And when I sat back and looked at that, and I was like, yeah. And I had those people believing in me, but then I wasn't believing in me. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was just a mind shift change. But yes, like I look out there, and there are so many people. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but like when you first started your business, did you have people message you and be like? I want to do what you do. Like, how did you do it? I'm like, do you know anything about nutrition and fitness? Like, that would be your first start. Like, I don't know what your background is. Like, you can't just be what I'm doing. (laughs) I don't know. Did you ever have anything like that? But people do. Yeah. They will watch what you do, replicate it, and not have any knowledge. That is the, probably the scariest thing about the internet is that you can sell anything to anyone mm-hmm. if you can do a good enough job of marketing it. Like mm-hmm. it's actually quite scary that there are so many people out there selling stuff like that, that on the other side of it, don't care about the human being that's purchasing it. Yeah. You know what I see a lot of now? People being like, um, okay, I, I'm a nutritionist or whatever, but I'm going to sell a course on how to be good at Instagram. And I'm like, well, that's not related to anything that you do. And why are you an expert on it? Mm-hmm. And I, it's, yeah, gaining that confidence that you can be whatever you want to be if you set your mind to yeah, it. It yeah. doesn't matter what your knowledge base is. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I would say that I, there's lots of people that have contacted me saying, how do I do this? Or what, what path did you follow? And then, you know, when I send them the list of my credentials, they're like, ooh, that seems like really hard work. You're like, yes, years of it, actually. Like, you put years into gaining those credentials. Yeah. Like, and you're like, you went to Bali, didn't you? Yeah. And studied yoga? Yeah. Yeah, I was there for a month. Um, We did an immersion. uh, I did an immersion course where we'd get up at five o'clock in the morning. We would do asana philosophy and uh, pranayama practice then we'd have silent meditative breakfasts then we'd go back for more philosophy more asana more meditation like we would go from five o'clock in the morning until 10 p.m every single day i think we got uh the sundays off and Uh, it was yeah it was amazing 
Yeah, and you have to be passionate about that too, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like, oh, that sounds like a long month in Bali. <laughs> I went to Bali once. I was definitely sitting beside the pool a lot of the time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, could those people actually sit down if needed to mm-hmm. and start working through the things that they would need to know to be you? That's the big question, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they could probably take all the same courses, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to internalize it the same that I do. They're not going to regurgitate it the same that I do. And that, I think, is actually a really special part of how we're also individuals. The words that I speak are going to be different than the words that you speak. And that's why you have your audience and that's who you're helping. And I can't help those people because I don't speak their language. You do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always say to people. There's just so many people that need help and assistance. There's so much to go around. Yes. I want to help as many people help facilitate helping people. Yes. There is so much abundance out there and that's why I always say like there is not one specific way to do one and I have clients that are like you are the most amazing health coach I've ever worked with and I am glad that like we connect on that level and I love that I have that with them but then there were other people that worked with me and it wasn't a fit either Mm. so I know that I'm not for everyone but I know the ones that I am for I am for. Yes. Yeah. So, like that is, yeah. I think that's a, a hard part of growing a business too, is like when you get to that point when you've actually kind of made it mm-hmm. and then you start getting the people that want to be what you created. Mm-hmm. I had a situation recently. Tell me. Um, yes. And I had to even call my lawyer to figure Whoa. it out. I know. But then I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm actually making it. But somebody tried to be the sweat effect and I had to contact them and be like, oh, actually, like I own that business name, which I do. And uh, yeah. And they were like, oh, like, yeah, straight off like like ripping off like even the color like because I'm like black and I have some teal Mm -hmm. in my it was like black and teal I was like when I came it was midnight it's like that's why you don't go on social media at midnight and I saw it and it was like my heart was like pounding I was like someone's trying to rip me off right now and the only reason it came up is because they hashtagged the sweat effect on it and I have that hashtag um saved on Instagram so any of the follow them yeah and I was like what's this and I clicked on it and I was like wait a minute. I was like, who are these people? Yes, yeah, so I had to contact them. And so I had to contact my lawyer and be like, you know, where, what are my rights here? And he's like, yeah, you, you know, um, that's your business name. So you had, and they were like, well, what can I be? Like, what could I be um, affect the sweat? And I was like, no, I own actually all of those different names. Yeah, amalgamations. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll change it. And I, there's been a couple others that have popped up, but not in Saskatchewan. But in order for me to have, you know, the name in Canada, which I would have control mm-hmm. over, and then I would have to go and, you know, actually have the lawyers do some more paperwork and whatnot. But I'm not quite at that point yet. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh, but then again, maybe I am starting something because did who else? Like, it was me and two friends sitting at my house one night. And that's how we came up with the name. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, it's not something that rolls off your tongue. It's not anything that anyone would ever put together. But now maybe my reach is a little bit greater, you know. And even though that maybe they weren't trying to rip me off specifically, maybe they came across a post one time Mm -hmm. and didn't think about it, you know, Mm -hmm. 
that I'm going to take this name and use it. But I was like, oh, someone tried to be me, you know? That's cool. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it is cool. Like now that I've got all the legal stuff like down, but yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting out there in the world. There's, I mean, there's a couple photographers that I follow that people will try to replicate their accounts. Oh. Have you ever seen that before? No. Yeah, so there'll be like um, Alicia Marie. She's one of the mm-hmm. ones that I follow. She's had a couple people try to replicate her account because she's got a bigger following. Yes. And what you can what you can do if if you not steal the audience, but if you start to build an audience on someone else's name, then you can like people make money through social media mm-hmm. accounts, right? And if you build off of the back of someone's like, and so immediately reporting their account is important but i like you probably went through a a very uh a direct approach yeah i was i sent an immediate message i'm like hey i am the sweat effect (laughs) and they were like and i was like and i'd actually already sent a message i was like if you need to see like documentation Mm. that i you know, yeah. that's my business I name. This. I can send that to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, like my lawyer was already like, we can send like a cease and desist letter. Yeah, it was like this whole like thing. But then I was like, wow, that's like next level, comp- you know, considering yeah. I thought it was Do you, okay, no big so deal. Little side question. How what, Can you tell me about this? What effect name? How did you come up with that? Oh, yeah. Like, what is the meaning behind it? Well, it was just... It was just going to be fitness related at first. So it was just going to be an online fitness program. So videos, very similar to what you do with mobility. Um, so I was running a boot camp out in Watcher, Saskatchewan, about, you know, just over an hour away. So I would drive out there once a week and the ladies were awesome. And they were so sad when I was like, okay, it's, it's getting too cold now. And I can't drive out here in winter time and whatnot. So I was like, I'll start putting some uh, little videos together describing the movements and the workout. And I'll put it on a Facebook group. And, um, yeah, so that's where it started because it was, it was just fitness related. So it was Mm, the sweat effect. It was, you know, the effect you could get from sweating. And it was, yeah, my little online boot camp essentially. But I had a bunch of, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it for these ladies out in Watrous, I might as well open it up to whoever. And then I had like 30 people sign up right away. Mm. And I was like, weird. Like (laughs) it was just going to be a little, little side thing, you know? And then, yeah, Fast forward, and obviously my business model has changed now because it is um, nutrition-based, but, um, oh, I'll share with you what my next big goal is. I want to have a health food store. And, um, yeah, we actually want to... Brick and mortar? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But do online as well. So, like, you know, the stuff in store could be, but move out of province. And, you know, it would be all, like, not just, like, a health food store, but, like, fun health foods yeah. you know yeah you, those macro friendly foods yes. and if anybody who follows me they always know like my macro friendly recipes yeah. and stuff like that so that's my like next big thing so cool uh, yeah to like tie in to the sweat effect yeah an actual store I know it's weird Whoa. I never thought I would like want to tie myself down to mm-hmm. because I was so consumed with like being online working from anywhere but yeah We've decided we're going to try to move next year out of province and actually start where um, to BC. I knew the Sorry, as soon as you said that, I was like, are you going to BC? <laughs> yes, we would move to BC. That's so exciting. I know. Yeah. So that would be a thing. And then I would be, you know, available, not just online to yeah. people too, and still do my because everything is now more nutrition based, mm-hmm. but then I give people the workouts to do 
um, if well. they don't go to CrossFit or functional, uh, some sort sort of functional fitness yeah. gym. So that's how it changed from online boot camp to grocery store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell to a grocery oh store. God. I know, I know. Don't worry, people. the The nutrition program will still always be there for you. <laughs> people are like, "Oh my God, is she gonna not do the program anymore?" Yeah. No, it's it's still there because that is my still my passion for everything. Mm. I know, isn't that a weird like spinoff? I know you wouldn't think it's weird because no. you've got. I businesses and every I get it. I, get it. <laughs> I will consume any business. Um, okay, so what was the hardest thing you've experienced as your business has grown? I know we've touched on challenging things, but like like the one hardest thing. Um yeah, I don't know. Because you've taken it from small to like I would say next level. Mm. Sometimes I don't see it like that. I know it is hard to yeah, think. Sometimes about it. I see it as I'm like I'm still just a little baby infant. Um, the this this fall, I would say 2018, the winter and the early 2019 January, uh, mobility movement was going through growth, like and some growing pains, like mm-hmm. really growing pains. And I was really trying to deliver a more valuable product. So I was switching platforms mm-hmm. and switching platforms was challenging. Um, <laughs> and, and trying to figure it all out and I'm doing it all myself. I think some people think that there's this like big company behind mm-hmm. it. And like, yeah, one day I want to be able to provide opportunities for people to do what they love and do you have anybody that helps you with anything um i have some people yeah oh you do i I mean like i i use kayla arthur's for our graphic design okay good um i have um you know my brother helps me with um business development Mm -hmm. chris obviously Mm -hmm. helps with literally everything because he's there with me all the time like i don't know if the business he's slanging t-shirts at canvas and then he's out taking photos what a good husband right (laughs) and then like bridget is at this like amazing support system Mm -hmm. and she like keeps telling me to be more of a unicorn Mm -hmm. um she's a unicorn that's why is and she's so organized and so like i've got this like adhd like squirrel brain and she's like all right squirrel let's get you organized (laughs) um um, but at the time I didn't, you know, like I, I, it felt, I felt very alone too. Um, and I think that might be probably something you've experienced is it can be very lonely mm-hmm. when I was switching platforms and growing and expanding. That was also when I was experiencing a major personal conflict in mm-hmm. my life. And it was from my perspective, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But it also came out really sideways and some things came out and it just, it was really hard for me to face that conflict while my business was growing. I remember telling my business advisor, I don't know what it's like to be a mom because I've never had a kid, but this business feels like my baby Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've got postpartum depression and I want to throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that is a very palpable thing to say, Crystal. And I'm like, I just... I'm going through a lot of like low points here and I'm trying and I'm working really hard and I'm just seeing nothing but like really unsupportive people Mm -hmm. in my face. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. So again, like that, when, when you answered your question and I was like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. it is really hard. It's really hard to be like, I'm working so hard. And the people that I thought were going to be cheering me on are literally trying to drag me through the trenches. You're like, I have supported them through all of their things. 
And now this isn't happening for me. Um, yeah, I went through a similar thing. I almost got like a J-O-B. Like I almost, I had started sending resumes out and I was like, I don't think like it was, it was make or break, right? And actually that's where Curtis sat down and he was like, I just, and I've said this before on on that podcast. I was like, I just don't want him to help me out financially. I want to be my own person. But he was like just do it like and I was like okay so I had that one person like not that I didn't don't have other support systems as well don't get me wrong but he was like no like you're being ridiculous just do it and yeah so I went through a very similar thing and probably I would say anybody starting out like that happens to them at some point it just seems really strange to me to like it's the similar experience of like how we can dedicate ourselves to someone else's and build it up and support and promote bring family members friends mm-hmm. and then you decide you're like okay hey, this is where i'm moving in not that there's an expectation that there should be support but there is a little bit of an expectation that there shouldn't be so much like not support or like anti-support. I guess how I saw it, I just assumed everybody treated business like I did. Like I love to see people succeed. Mm -hmm. I do not want to see someone else like struggle and go through that pain. And I just assumed, and it was dumb of me to Honestly, it was that was a dumb thought for me to think that other people thought that way too because people do like to see other people fail. And I don't even know how to like handle those types of situations because it doesn't matter if you're my friend, if you're my... And I don't even like the word quote-unquote like competition because I don't even think that that's an actual thing. There isn't really competition and because if that's the case, like I need to do something different with myself mm. and my business. I... Because not my clients are the same as someone else's clients. And that's why I talked about people being the right fit for people. But that is, you know, you could look at another online program and you could compare yourself to them. And it's like they're in a different place than I'm at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have different people that I work with and connect with. And, yeah, that was my biggest thing that I had to get over. And also situational friends. Um, And what I mean by situational friends is, uh, I was just talking with my friend last night about this. It's the people that you hang out with because you see them every day, Mm -hmm. not because you actually have like a a really big connection with them. And also like in this where I moved and was still like finding my footing with business as well. I was like, oh, I had FOMO because I was like not living in the city and I wasn't doing these things. And it went away. And then I was like, you know, I was actually maybe hanging out with only some of those with some of those people because it was situational Mm -hmm. because we were in the same spot every day and we saw each other. And I was like, what are you doing? Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we'll do that. And it wasn't true friendship. And have you found that? Yeah. But like it's probably similar to like the it was it was painful to go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it's weird. Like you you're part of let's say a community for an extended period of time and you have this, these situational relationships and, and part of your brain believes that like, these are my friends. Mm -hmm. I love these people. I care about these people. And then when you're not in that situation anymore, 
in my brain, I still loved those people, cared about those people. But yeah. then I was like, where's the love? Mm-hmm. Hey. And it's so, it, like, it hits you right in the core. You're like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. No one. It felt like someone, like, literally, like, just, like, went into my heart and ripped it right out. And I was like, whoa, that hurt. That's where I feel like we have, you know, very similar. Um, it's like, I can feel all the feels. <laughs> I feel like you're more, maybe a little more like balanced than I am. I'm like, I can like feel all the feels like to one extreme or the other. Mm. I feel like you're a little more in the, you know, can keep that leveled out, but <laughs> it like hurts when it hurts. Yeah. And yeah, just never wanting to cause that hurt in someone else's life. And that's where I think people can tell themselves a lot of things. Like when they read into something, they're like, oh, well, when I see this on social media or whatever it is, or I receive a text message from someone, you can read into that being so many other different things and what it actually means. Mm -hmm. And that's when our brains, I think I went a little like, I was living by myself at the lake in the, it's like, I call it the walking dead out there in the, in the (laughs) winter, like it's like ghost town. And then your, your mind starts to like play tricks on you. And then I was like, wait a minute, none of those things are actually true. Mm -hmm. And yes, there was some hardships and, you know, some people that I parted ways with, but I don't have any, like, genuine, like, I don't have hard feelings with somebody. I've gotten past that. Like, if Mm -hmm. I see any of those people out in the world, you know what, it's okay. You, you didn't support me. It's your loss. That was actually your loss because... I've just realized things about myself now that I never knew. And Mm -hmm. I'm out here doing things my way to the best of my ability. And I don't have that holding me back anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One last question for you. Where do you see things in the next two years? And what's the ultimate goal? Hmm. Um, So I'll come back to uh, when I asked you about your business name. So the, the name of Mobility Movement was... So I, I care deeply about mobility, flexibility, mm-hmm. um, human biomechanics, locomotion, movement as well is really important. Um, and I also wanted to create a movement around mobility, mm-hmm. um, but also just like this general care and maintenance for our bodies, as well as co- the connection to our bodies. I find that a lot of people don't actually have the tools to care for themselves, to know themselves, to be aware of themselves. And I believe, I truly believe it's because so many of us are cut off from the neck down. Like we're just cut off from our bodies because our bodies do produce a lot of pain, right? Whether it's physical pain, emotional pain, that's where we feel everything is in our bodies. And so people cut off from that. And what's really important for me through movement is to help people reconnect to their body so that they can be aware of what is required for their maintenance. So when you're connected to your body, you can feel my hips are feeling sore, my knees are sore, my lower back is. And then if you're aware of that, then you can go and move towards maintaining and caring for it. When you do that, it actually gives your body as well as your mind this sense of freedom and ease instead of this restriction and limitation. And I actually think that if your body feels that freedom, feels that ease or that lack of restriction, mentally we capture that as well. 
right? We can capture that and we can move towards things that maybe we wouldn't normally do because we've been in a restricted mindset. And so it's like there's very multifaceted or like leveled approach to what I'm trying to accomplish. It's not just stretching. It's not just stretching. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, no, it absolutely is not. And it's just this deeper care for our human bodies and how that comes through our mindset, our emotional body, and then how human beings show up in the world. People who are in chronic pain are more irritable and justifiably so. Being in chronic pain sucks. Mm -hmm. It absolutely sucks. And what I want to be able to help them do is remove those barriers of pain or remove those barriers of restriction so that they can get up and actually move in their lives. And so ultimate goal is to find this like vast audience of people that I can help, just truly help and that they can be connected to their bodies. And even if they're not a member, if they, if I can have some kind of impact on their life where they're like, Hey, I breathe more diaphragmatically now, and that makes my squatting better. That makes my lower back feel better. And I'm connected to my breath throughout the day awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. great. That's a lifelong skill that you can have. And I want you to take it. I want you to run with it and apply it as much as you possibly can. So that, yeah. That is the ultimate. And like, I don't know, like we, like, you know that I've been, I know you've been in chronic pain. I've been in chronic Mm -hmm. pain. Um, and you know, you were kind of going through, it was your neck, right? Mm -hmm. You had, and mine was my back. And at the time, Crystal was doing fascial stretch for me. And like, we were trying to get it sorted out and it plays such a greater role in your life than people would ever think. It's like you have a sore back that you can't even think of anything else besides like trying to alleviate. It's debilitating. It is. And it does affect people mentally. And I know people who go to the gym know this because anyone who does like crossfit or weightlifting or anything, if they have an injury, it's the worst, but they're in a totally different mindset. They are like, this sucks Mm -hmm. and I can't get my workout in. And now it's affecting, you know, my fitness and like it's. And my relationships Mm -hmm. and my work and my family and my finances and, 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 and. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it turns into so many different things and it bleeds and it hemorrhages out into your life. And the quality of your life is so impacted. People are probably like, you girls are being so dramatic. It's like, no, go through an injury like that. And like by finances, it's like you're investing in, you know, Cairo massage. I was doing fascial stretch. Mm-hmm. I was going to the physio. Like I was doing everything I possibly could to get it under control. And then you're like relationships. It's like I couldn't do things and not just in the gym. It was like I was having trouble getting out of bed in the morning. So if I wasn't, you know, sleeping well or whatever, how do you think that took you know, took a toll on your mood, your, you know, you snap at your husband, Mm -hmm. you don't mean to speak to them that way. Mm -hmm. It's like, it all it happens because of that. And if you've ever, like I said, had pain or like chronic disease or anything like that, you know how this affects you. Yeah, because it is much more than you're like, oh, you know, it's cute, you guys stretch. And it's like, it's... Yeah, so many people say that to me and I'm like, you don't know what I do. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, you people don't take enough time to delve into those parts. Because when my back is feeling good and it's felt good for a while, it is like, you don't think about it anymore, mm-hmm. right? And I don't want to say that I you know, take, like, 
forget about it completely or take advantage of the situation of feeling good. I don't know because I fully take advantage of that and embrace your body for where it's at that day, right? Well, then I think I'm scared that I'll injure it again, you know? Yeah. So that's why, that is why like part of the model also is preventative care. Mm -hmm. Preventative care is so important. Like that's what I went to um, university for, kinesiology. It's preventative care. It's not reactionary care. Mm -hmm. And part of that is reducing the barriers to fitness and movement. How can we remove those barriers for people is we we do preventative care. It's it's so important. And like we talk about it in a fitness aspect, but like I said, being able to get out of bed or off the couch or out of the car or, you know, picking something up mm-hmm. without worrying about an injury or something is a huge deal. And nobody thinks about it until it's actually happening. Yeah. yeah. And that is... It's the hard part. Or people always be like, um, you know... I want to be better at weightlifting or CrossFit or whatever, but then they don't address their mobility. And it's like, yeah. good luck. Yeah. It, and it, it's hard to value it until you can feel it in your body. I've noticed too, mm-hmm. with working with many different people is the only time that they've actually truly been able to value the little mobility work or the little stability stuff or the core stuff is when they've done it for long enough that they're like, whoa, I'm actually noticing a noticeable difference in my body and how it feels. And you're like, yeah, that's the value of what we're doing here. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on here. There's Mm -hmm. nothing more that I love sitting down and talking about like growth and goals. And like I do, I want to see everyone out there getting theirs and, you know, chasing after things like that. So thank you so much for coming and sitting down with me today. Thanks for having me. Head over to my Instagram page at sweat underscore effect for all of my insights, experiences, and daily doses of goodness. Until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.